Cynic Empowerment. Welcome, everybody. This is Cynic Empowerment. My name is Jimmy Horn. And I'm Tim Carpenter. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, how many of our viewers do you think have kids, Jimmy? Uh, oof. That's a good question. Well, everyone that I know that listens to the show does not have children. So how many people actually have children? I don't know. I think the more we talk about, like, violent child death, the, the whatever number we do have is going to keep going down. Probably so. Uh, but we're not really going to pump the brakes for this episode. Absolutely not. In fact, we're going to center this this whole discussion around uh, violence and terrible things that have happened to kids in particular. Uh, so those of you with uh, with sensitive souls that would rather not hear about the terrible massacres that have plagued uh, childhood generations for you know at least the, the very recent past might want to yeah. tune out a little bit or uh, open your eyes to the fact that your kids are next. Yeah. Watch out. Times times running out. Don't let them don't let them walk home. The clock's after ticking. After school by themselves because then they're going to get shanked. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, maybe if, if you're listening with small children, I don't know why you would. We have yeah. an explicit E on our podcast for a reason to let you know that you shouldn't be listening to children. Uh, but at the same time, you know, bad shit happens to kids. So maybe bring the kids in on this one. Let them know all the bad shit that can happen to them if they make poor That's decisions. Right. You could just uh, you could threaten them like every time they act up, be like, "Oh well, if you uh, if you talk back to me one more time, you don't do your chores one more time, we're gonna throw you out on the street where some UK piece of shit's gonna walk up and stab you." Yeah. <laughs> Which or somebody's gonna take you, kidnap you from school. Nap you. <laughs> gonna just waltz in and like take a quick view over the classroom and. And the teacher's gonna like have like a little sideways glance towards one student in particular, and it's gonna be that bad kid. And then those kidnappers are just gonna swipe them on up, That's right. their, own little, their own little business-oriented school. Or maybe a, a slug will force its way down your esophagus or something. <laughs> is that one child-related, actually? <laughs> uh, it it is kind of. Yep. You wanna? I feel like that one's the lightest one. Should we start with that one? I don't know. It's not light. It's sad. Yeah, all, let's, they're all let's, sad. Let's lead him with that. Well, how how old was this guy? He, got, he was nineteen. He was nineteen. He was nineteen. So he, so he was like technically a man, but from where I'm standing at, like twenty six, like I I see nineteen year olds. I'm like fucking children. Yeah, they know well, nothing. And uh, childhood is as childhood does. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, like he ate a slug, and that's that's like playground shit. That it is playground shit. That's playground shit or army shit. I feel like either or. Like, those are the two places you're going to see that. You're going to see that when you're at boot camp as an air quotes adult at 18, 19, or you're going to see that on a playground. Yeah, a very similar culture. It's not something I really realized until just now. <laughs> Zing! So, was this guy at boot camp when he... Uh... No. So... <laughs> <laughs> so he has no excuse. Was he, on a, was he on a playground in middle school? <laughs> he, no. <laughs> uh, that'd be really creepy as a 19 year old to be on the playground in middle school but so what happened is so he was a rugby player and i guess he was actually pretty decent uh, i'm assuming in college and him and some of his mates were <laughs> oh yes guys from australia so you get the same mates so him and some of his mates 
We're sitting on a porch drinking wine, as the Australians do, and one of his buddies was like, Hey, dude, you should you should eat that slug that's crawling around. You should you should eat that slug. And he was like, I'm drunk. Okay, I'll eat that slug. And so he Jesus. did it. Wait, and... wait, wait, wait. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Guys, we got to think about this. The texture of a slug is abnormal, right? Oh, it's probably very gross. I, yeah, this yeah. the way the texture of my hand, yeah, it's fucking gross. If you, you've had uh, raw oysters before. You kind of know the consistency. I would think it would be akin to uh, a, like a raw oyster, but it would have like a, I don't know, like a crispy cream donut glaze on the outside. Not so, uh, not so crunchy, but like like a sticky kind of like slimy. Oh, God. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. At the same time, I also like – I'm, I'm assuming he would have swallowed it live, right? Like, you wouldn't want to chew that. Like, imagine... Oh, God. Like, I'm just yeah. imagining, like, the squishy... Oh, so gross. Yeah, so he probably swallowed yeah. the slug live. It slithered down his throat, and it was just like... I'm melting! In, like, the <laughs> stomach juices. It's like, what is this hell? Yeah. I, I bet he just... He probably just popped it back, and he was like, yep, yeah, nothing but a thing. Who's got my $5? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And they're like, I'm not. I don't have five dollars, you idiot. Tell me you just swallowed a slug for no reason. This got you, bud. Gotcha. <laughs> Zing. Crikey. Got him. <laughs> Crikey. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what the Australians say when they're surprised. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so yeah. w- what happened directly after this? What happened just... directly after is the slug that he happened to eat had this rare disease it's called like rat lungworm disease nice. and it it causes typically inflammation in the brain and usually the inflammation that someone receives isn't like uh fatal like only in extremely rare cases is it fatal but yep. what happened is he had one of these rare uh cases due to eating the slug and he ended up being in a coma for over 400 days yeah and when he came, finally came out of that coma, he was paralyzed. And so that's very sad, right? So you have this horrible, you know, story of this person that was like going to be some athlete or whatever and had these dreams for his life as we all have in our youth. And due to some, you know, teenage hijinks, ate a slug and then all this horrible shit happened. But it gets even more sad from there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, apparently... Um... This guy, uh, after, what was it, eight years? Eight years. That he struggled with this? Struggled like, with being paralyzed. Yeah, he, he went with, uh, so it immediately began feeling sick, like the day after. Severe pain in his legs. They didn't go uh, to the doctor immediately because, of course, no one gets sick from the fact that they eat a slug. Right. right. It's like the equivalent of like licking the bottom of your shoe on a school bus. Yeah. Uh, and then, which my brother did when he was very young. And he died. Uh, no, he didn't. I still have a brother. Oh. Well, <laughs> and uh, he came home to my mom, and he was, like, freaking out. Uh, like, oh, my God, Mom, I'm going to die. And she said, what would you do? I licked the bottom of my shoe because somebody bet me to do it on a school bus. <laughs> uh, so this guy's in the same situation. You know, he's feeling all sick. Uh, and then, of course, he's, he's going through uh, the 420-day coma. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Leaves him paralyzed. It's absolutely terrible. Let's see. 
So on the article you sent me, what actually happens afterwards? So yeah, so he he so he was paralyzed, and then he lived for like eight years in like you know uh, I don't want I want I don't want to disparage you know disabled people, but I would say a lower quality of life, right? You you can't do as many of the things as you could do when he wasn't paralyzed, and then he ends up dying anyways. He's just dead. He just dies. Yeah, he just ends up dying anyways eight years later. So it's just like the double like it's a double set sad, right? It's a sad sandwich. You have this like onset thing that's sad where it's like oh no he ate the slug and he got super sick and coma but then like it's happy for a second right that's like the middle that's like the meat of the sandwich like oh my god he survived we thought he was going to die it's just so happy and then like he ends up dying at the age of like 27 yep uh from this and it's like oh now we're sad again it's just right the prime of his life yeah just taken from us exactly yeah oh man yeah, absolutely terrible. Uh, so they set it up really well, though. Like they got this nice picture. Like yeah. he looks so like vibrant and full of life. Uh, and in fact, we can see from that picture that he's a drinker. Like he's he's 19 years old, but there's like wine bottles sitting in front of him, like in the foreground of the picture. <laughs> so we know that this kid is well, this kid. We know this 19 year old guy is, you know, obviously on a on a booze bender right yeah he's drinking a lot uh and then he ends up doing something stupid that not only costs him the best years of his life but also ends up killing so lessons be learned there gosh a sad story admittedly but if i'm to look at this with a little bit less compassion eh, don't do stupid what Fuck you. You were, I'm sure you were boozing it up at 19, whatever. And I, I never things. ate a slug. Never, never ate a slug. But yeah, but like, on the, I'm sure you've done things that like on the surface were way more stupid than sure. eating a slug, right? Like if you, if you like looked on a graph of like risk to death ratio, like slug, like 99.9999% of the time is like, should be like on the bottom. Like okay. it's not a risk. And like, I'm not, I don't want, I don't think you need to oust yourself here, but I'm sure you've done things while extremely intoxicated. It's like, wow, I should be <laughs> dead right now. So you can take your incompassionate tomfoolery and get the fuck out. <laughs> All right. Because I feel bad, because we've all done stupid shit while under the influence, especially at, like, 19 or whatever. Uh, So, so Tim, what's the silver lining? Silver lining of of this guy dying, or rat lungworm disease, or slugs being eaten, or all three. (laughs) It's, you know, it's a trifecta. It's it's a Uh sad sandwich. We're trying to find the silvery part of the sandwich. Um... On one hand, the amount of people on this earth that are willing to eat slugs has diminished. So that's one part of it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, okay. No more compassion. Uh, I'm gonna. No, you know, I mean, I I'm you pump, do whatever no, I'm you want. Pump my compassion meter up a little bit. I don't give a shit. You don't need any. Compassion. <laughs> uh, so. Rat, worm, rat lungworm disease is not something I knew about. Now, I think we all in the back of our mind kind of know that, you know, creepy crawlies and slugs and stuff like that uh, are to be avoided, you know, just on the base principle that they're kind of yucky. Right. But now we have a little bit more to back that up, that they carry these terrible diseases. 
We know that there are certain animals that are very well known for being uh, venomous or could possibly uh, be lethal in, in a myriad of ways, whether they're carrying a disease like the slug or bubonic plague like uh, like Chinese rats. And, you know, it could be anything. So I think at least people know that rat lungworm disease is a thing and it can kill you in a very painful and slow way. <laughs> Yes. My silver lighting is that, you know, this guy, while he may have, would have lived a longer life if he hadn't uh, ingested the slug, maybe the extreme coma and loss of his mobility made him have to become a more uh, contemplative human being, and maybe he reached some sort of, I don't know, uh, uh, self-awareness and uh, realized the love of his friends and family who was there for him and his, you know, life and struggle, figure out the people who really care, and maybe there's, like, some kind of emotional uh, prize that was won through this that, you know, he wouldn't have realized if he had just had a normal, air quotes, normal, you know, 60, 70-year life, right? So- uh, and this is a yeah. since we're going to be discussing violence amongst children and people being you know cut down in the prime of their life. Uh, I think it's probably also good to mention the wisdom of Salinas. Have you ever heard of this, Jimmy? Is that the that's the, Salinas isn't the one with the invisible ring, right? No, that would be the the ring of Gyges. Okay, uh, uh, lay that Salinas on me. So the wisdom of Salinas. Uh, he was one of the. Um, what do you call him? Satyrs. He was a satyr that was in Dionysus' posse. And, okay. And uh, he believed that the best thing that could ever happen to a human being is that they were to never be born. Uh, so incredibly cynical. <laughs> goes right along with what we're talking about here. Uh, but in essence, if we were to never be born, we would never have to endure the wrath of the gods. We would never have to go through the pain of living a full life. Um, granted, you know, we would also never be able to experience all of the great things uh, about living, but we also wouldn't have necessarily known the dis- difference. So what's better in that situation? Probably not living at all. Okay. I don't know. It, <laughs> Wait, oh, 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 that's it. As that's, an that's overarching the silver lining for all of these, you know, all of these terrible violence against children's stories, especially in the instance where they die, uh, they don't have to endure the the pain of living into adulthood. They don't have to go through a grueling nine to five job for the rest of their life. They don't have to uh, experience the death of uh, a lot of their long loved ones um, or any other type of painful disease past the point that whatever I'm going to, I'm going to hop off that horse before people are tuning out. (laughs) Well, that also reminds me, there's like this play that I watch called like the pillow man or something like that. Are you familiar with this? The pillow man? Yeah. Uh-uh. So the pillow man is essentially how the story goes is there's like this person who's like a fictional author who isn't like very successful and he writes like all these uh, kind of off-putting kind of dark stories like within the, the play. But one of his I think most prolific ones is like the pillow man. And basically the concept of that story is there's this fictional character known as the pillow man who like let's say he knows like a child's going to have like a really like hard life like maybe in this case of uh sam ballard who died from like eating a slug or something like that the well the pillow man you know cares so much about like these children 
that what he'll do is basically smother them with a pillow before like all the bad shit starts happening to them. So that way they could have like a short, happy life instead of like a long, grueling one. Oh, how compassionate. Yeah, it's just kind of very dark, but compassionate and weird. And this reminds me of what you were talking about with Salinas. Yeah, what a guy. What a guy. It's The Pillow Man, written by Martin McDonough. Yeah, I think he also wrote uh, some other interesting plays. I think he's like an Irish author. Um, Uh, Yeah, it looks like it. So, looks like it was. He looked like an alcoholic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, let's go to our next story here. Okay. So, we've got uh, the UK. Yep. So, do you want to take a stab at this one, Tim? Oh, got him. <laughs> so, yeah, moving around the globe a little bit. Uh, we are going to talk about the recent uptick of child stabbings in the UK. Now, this information is coming to us from the research done by the doctors at Queen Mary University University, uh, and have noticed that for the third consecutive year, homicides have risen, uh, especially in relation to uh, stabbings or you know, knife violence among school children, uh, younger than 16 specifically. Yes. So that's pretty weird. Uh now some of this, some of the the, the research is it kind of it kind of sticks out to me. Uh, uh, it says that the very first opening line of this article: children are most likely to become victims of stabbings as they walk home from school. Mm-hmm. And I would find that to be one of those really obvious things, right? Like mm-hmm. because they're much less likely to be stabbed as they, you know, as they are sitting in a classroom. I mean, that makes sense. Or when they're actually at home, you know, in a, in a hopefully a protective environment, it's usually when they're out and about, uh, especially right. when there are other people of a similar age that are out and about, you know, not not watching over them. And, you know, the parents and administrators are, you know, too busy jacking off. I don't know, to, to watch these kids and make sure that they're they're protected. Um, right. I don't know. What, what, what do you get from this, Jimmy? What, what do you think about it? Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I agree with you as far as like the first statement, as far as like to like that's obvious mm-hmm. at the same time, I guess I just don't think about children stabbing each other yeah. uh, very often because I lived in a suburban environment where I didn't walk home from school. I got driven to the end of my street on a bus and then would walk like less than a block to my house. So I can't relate to inner city violence among children. I mean, we have a similar epidemic in America and specifically uh, Chicago schools and poor areas where kids run a risk of being shot on their way home from school, which apparently it's kind of similar in the UK as well as where it's the poorer areas of uh, UK, uh, specifically London, where a lot of this stuff is happening. Yep, looks like uh, 71% of incidents are occurring in poorer neighborhoods in London compared with just 1% in wealthier areas. And I'm not exactly sure how they're defining that, uh, but it would kind of be also one of those no-dust situations, right? Like yeah. people that are in wealthier neighborhoods, especially those that have like gated communities or are able to kind of just protect themselves with barriers and uh, you know, they have like uh, security guards roaming around is much less likely that somebody's going to be waltzing around with a knife, just like stabbing kids. 
Well, it sounds like it's kids stabbing kids. Yeah. That's what I took from it. Sure. <laughs> not not just like some menacing man. Like, <laughs> just like, I love stabbing kids. It's like, hello, mate. I see you have a SpongeBob lunchbox. Yeah. And then like the other guy's like, oh, yeah, I got a, I got a SpongeBob lunchbox. It'd be a shame if someone stabbed you for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and they, I don't they know. would have that kind of voice because these aren't like 17 or 18 year olds. They're like. They're like 12. Yeah, 16 and under. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, so yeah, it's just crazy. I don't like, I don't quite. Uh, unfortunately, this article doesn't really talk about the underlying reasons why these stabbings are happening. It's kind of just a study of like, do look at these numbers here. So we have these numbers to look at. It's more than the numbers used to be. Look at these numbers. And you're like, huh, these are some numbers. These are numbers. Yeah. And I can see them. Mm hmm. But why? Yeah. Yeah. Why exactly are we seeing uh, younger kids carrying knives and whatnot? I mean, they, they make allusions to it. Like it's just become like a, a this cultural ethos in which kids believe that they need them for protection. And because they believe they need them for protection, it's acting as the function for them to actually put those knives on their person so they have access to them. And in the instance that they are you know, feel like they need to whip it out, they do so at the first possible instance. It, it's kind of like um, uh, police with lethal force in the United States. Like it's it's what they believe that they need to do. So at the first instance, they think they need to do it without a second thought. They whip it out and right. boom, like people are getting shot. Um, yeah. Or in these instances, you know, kids are stabbing other kids. Yeah, it's almost like <laughs> – the more weapons you have, the more likely someone is going to get hurt by a weapon. It's weird. Yeah. It's like well, it's like if the weapon isn't there, it's like you can't use it to stab somebody or shoot somebody with it. Huh? So, I, yeah, and I, I totally agree if the weapon's not there, um, which I think we're kind of like we're kind of like segueing into a discussion about like, uh, 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 you know, weapon carrying uh what? No. Well, you know, in general, no, like, of course not. You, I think it's called like the the big rock principle or something like that. Have you ever heard of that? Big rock principle. Like, so the big rock principle is there was this town called Big Rock, <laughs> and there was a prince. There they only had one school, and the principal of the town of Big Rock <laughs> was yeah. uh, just like a good dude. Yep. And so anytime you see someone that's like a good dude, you're like, that dude, he's a big rock. No, I'm he's a big okay. rock. <laughs> I thought you were going to that. <laughs> what, what, uh, I was trying. I, I, I ran into a big rock, though, when I lost but things to say. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, what's a big so rock? A big rock uh, or from what I understand, it, you know, the, if you remove certain weapons from the equation, so let's say that these kids don't have access to fire. Oh, yeah. right. Then they'll they'll find whatever the next tick down is. So in the instance of London, and I know that the UK has uh, laws against certain types of knives, like you're not allowed yeah. to carry any type of knife with a locking mechanism in it. So, you know how like we have like those uh, like a like a liner lock or something where the like the side of the, the knife will kind of like flick into place underneath the blade so oh, that like you can't close loaded. it without depressing that liner. Um, yeah, those are technically illegal in the UK, to my understanding. And if, if we're wrong, if we're saying anything incorrect here, uh, as it goes with any one of our other episodes, please let us know. And on an 
you know, in a future. Yeah, all you smelly limeys, if you don't like what we're saying about <laughs> your country, let us know yeah. so we can fix it. And yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll use your full name. Give us your address and your phone number where people can find you, and we'll make sure that they get yeah. that information as well. Uh, but you're not allowed to have liner locks, right? So that means that they would not only have to have a weapon that's not particularly good at stabbing people, because once you like stab, it's going to like flip around and maybe cut the person that's that's going to be using it. Uh, but they're also going to be smaller per capita. Like they're they're not going to have that the length of knife necessary to be as lethal. Um, that makes sense. That makes sense. At the same time, I'm looking at this picture here of seized knives by the London police on the top of the article. Yep. And, <laughs> and it looks like most it looks kitchen like, knives. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's it's a just kind of horrifying. There. There's multiple steak knives. Yeah. It definitely is a little, little paring knife. Uh, looks like we got like a real shitty little, uh, like Victorian ox, uh, flipper with got the screwdriver and the toothpick and stuff on it. And it looks like they might have, like, taped it so that way the blade wouldn't flip back. I don't even know. It looks like there's something on there. Uh, Yeah, some kind of shitty tape. Oh, regardless, I mean, like, these things come in all shapes and sizes. And to have a pointy, sharpie thing, uh, it's not exactly difficult to acquire. And, in fact, in this day and age, it's all it's all but impossible. I, I don't think you, you can get rid of all knives. Like, I don't want to... Oh my God! Are you even, are you even bringing this up, Tim? Well, you can't. Well, if most of the knives that we see in this picture <laughs> that have been, uh, you know, collected are steak knives and kitchen knives. You're not allowed to have steak knives at home anymore. <laughs> you gotta you gotta karate chop your food in half. Yep. Everyone's gotta go to martial arts class and learn how to karate chop their vegetables. Oh gosh, yeah, like that one episode of SpongeBob where they're like splitting the tomatoes <laughs> with their chops. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that would be great. I think it's, it's, you know, as they make allusions to in the article, like it's a matter of changing the cultural opinion and understanding these kids have different options. That there's not necessarily uh, that's not a good path to take in life. <laughs> yeah, not not honestly, I don't know how a kid would because like some of these are like giant like like mincing knives, like the big old ones you'd use to like chop up some. Uh, onions or whatever yeah. like how does a, like a 12 year old kid hide that on their person like i would assume it'd have to like be on their backpack yeah. so it's like someone's like fucking with them like give me a second i'm gonna fuck you up just like zipping open their backpack like, i'm gonna find this fucking knife yeah. in here <laughs> and that's the point where you run away because rummaging around yeah well i don't know trapper keepers do you ever have one of those i don't, I don't know what that means you ever had a trapper keeper I've never had a keeper trapper, a trapper keeper, uh, okay. none of those. So I know that some of our listeners, especially those that uh, grew up in the American school system in the 90s, know exactly what I'm talking about when I say a trapper keeper. It's basically like a binder that has like a zipper that goes all the way around it, right? It's like a like yeah. a big old like three-ring binder, uh, and you yeah. put your papers and stuff in it. I think that yeah. would be the perfect hiding place for a big old like kitchen knife. You can just like. Are those things really called trapper keepers? Well, let's let's check it out. I, I, that's, that's what like, I, that's what we always I call. That's not just like some like Western Kentucky redneck name for it because I've never heard that. Yeah, in my just look life. that shit up. Trapper keeper. It's what Mead calls them. Who? Mead, the paper manufacturer. They they, they make school supplies. Never heard of Mead. I, I thought you said me. That's what me call him. That's what me me call him. Trapper Keeper <laughs> is the, the best sheath for a kitchen knife that you can use to stab your fellow classmates with. 
Oh, my God. Just in case there are kids out there listening, trying to figure out the best way to hide their big-ass kitchen God knife. God damn it. No. Just no. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's maybe I'm part of the problem now because I'm telling kids how they could do it. I mean, I doubt any kids give a shit about what we have to say. but Oh, they do. They do, Jimmy, and they're listening <sighs> close. Just like those guys on YouTube that are uh, showing people how to make like a shotgun out of some plumbing pipe and <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. You can't stop technology. You just have to better inform people how to use it. Or not use it. Or do something other than yeah. <laughs> use it. Yeah, precisely. Uh, yeah, so lots of kids are getting stabbed. It's very bad. No. Um, what's the silver lining here? To show that we're in dire straits, man. Like, this is, uh, this is one of those things that isn't going to stop. Uh, as kids learn that they have access to weapons and they learn that they are able to exert their will over other human beings just by having like a sharp piece of metal on their person. I think the younger we're ultimately going to see these kids carrying knives around because there's like a, there's this, there's this negative correlation uh, between uh, the likelihood that kids are going to use these weapons and the likelihood that they're going to carry them. Like the kids that are going to use the weapons are also going to be the ones that are going to seek it out and they're going to find it and they're not going to have that compassion uh, to exercise caution or restraint in the instance that they need to actually think about what they're doing prior. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a maybe it's a call to educate our youngsters, maybe not uh, – you know, show them that uh, violence is, is an acceptable way to uh, converse with others. Uh, <laughs> converse. Converse. Uh, converse with my knife. Yeah. Oh. Well, like you see a lot of kids that like to like stick fight, right? Or, um, yeah. you know, there's there's always the, the classic picture of like the kid playing in like knight's armor or something like that. Like that. Yeah. Doesn't that teach the child violence? Like, doesn't that kind of, like, show them that that is something that is acceptable or at least was acceptable at one point in time? So I'm going to play devil's advocate there with my my brief stint working at a daycare. I didn't realize I was going to talk about this so much on this show, but <laughs> I guess there's a lot of life lessons that I learned in my short time there. Yeah. So kids will turn anything into a fucking gun. You can give them just like foam, soft, plush things to play with, and they will turn it into a gun. I don't care what the fuck it is. I don't care if it's just a wooden block, just an innocuous, just like straight blue wooden block. I don't care if it's a toy car. I don't care if it's a rubber dinosaur. Kids as young as five... And like four, the United States of America will turn anything and everything into a gun and pretend to shoot their friends. I, I, I guess maybe blame the media. I don't know. I don't know why this is a thing. I'm sure I did it when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. But I don't think dressing your kid up as like a knight is the problem. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's. I think it's part of the problem. Like. I got some I got some relatives that have some some young folks, uh, some nieces and nephews, and I, they don't see anything wrong with dressing their kids up like knights, giving them you know fake weapons and letting them play. And I don't see a problem with that either. And you know I, I think we're on the same page with that. But the issue comes in 
whenever they take the weapon and they hit another human being with it, uh, especially in the instance that they're hitting someone who is not playing the game with them. Like they're not armored up. They're not, they don't have any kind of weapon. They just run up to them and they hit them and then they like laugh and they run away because they, they don't understand what that actually means to run up to somebody and use a weapon on them. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of those kids that are committing these, uh, the, well, I, I guess they would probably result in murders. Uh, you know, they, they, they see the blood come out after they stab somebody and then they're like, Oh shit. Like I had no idea that that's what would happen. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just think it's, there's, there's a misunderstanding here and these kids aren't thinking this all the way through like, like most homicides. Right. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. I, um, yeah. The silver lining here is that if the zombie apocalypse happens, like normally you would say, like, you know, short man out, like women and children, they're not going to make it. Like they're not going to survive the zombie apocalypse. These little fucking knife wielding bastards are going to survive in whatever apocalypse setting gets thrown at them yep. because they know how to take drastic measures and survive in their environment. That's right. So in their little UK London hell world where they're, you know, fighting for survival against other small children with knives, you know, survival of the fittest, um, little child warriors, uh, humanity will will survive. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So, so moving on. <laughs> the next... <laughs> The next happy some, subject. To some kids that probably wouldn't do so well in the zombie apocalypse that aren't so well equipped uh, yeah. and are being taken advantage of in the very immediate past as of the 5th of November. Um, so Cameroon is this next place that we're going to be talking about. And yes. kids there are being abducted from their classrooms. Uh, and, right. and as many as... Uh, around 78, I think was the top number, uh, were abducted. Uh, uh, and local newspapers are saying somewhere around 11. So uh, we're not going to split hairs over that. Any child that is being abducted from a classroom is too many children that are being abducted from a classroom. So whatever that number is, whatever they're saying it is, it doesn't necessarily matter. What does matter is that this is absolutely atrocious, that this is occurring. Uh, these kids are just disappearing. They, they, there's this uh, group of separatists. They, you know, we call them Amba Boys. Uh, Amba after Boys. The, yeah, the Amba Boys uh, after their uh, supposed new country name, right? The the independent Anglophone state that they. Uh, Amazonia. Yeah. Amazonia. Zaboomafoon. So, uh, Jimmy, you were explaining it to me earlier. Uh, why is there a conflict? Why are these kids being kidnapped? So, if we're going to jump in a time machine, we could jump in a time machine and blame uh, the colonization of Africa for all the current violence. <laughs> Since Africa and all the current countries have were drawn up by a bunch of white dudes yep. that didn't understand the, the different uh, ethnicities of people, they were grouping up with one another. Yep. Uh, in the more immediate past, uh, so when Germany uh, colonized the area that is now known as Cameroon... Uh, they basically separated the country between French-speaking people and British-speaking people. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of been that way ever since. 
but it, and it's even though it's like two separate uh, languages and cultures, the country is headed or led by the French majority. And basically, the French are like, hey, English speakers, you're going to do French stuff. We're, we're French here. And the English speakers are like, no, we want to English. Let us do our English ways and life. And they're like, no, you must French. And so the English people, and it started off like very like peaceful. There's like some English speaking teachers and stuff like that, like nonviolently protesting. And unfortunately, it just escalated very quickly in a very short amount of time to where now uh, the English speaking side is resorting to violence. And most recently, as Tim stated, they've abducted uh, 78 students. Yeah. This was, yeah, November 5th. A lot, a lot of students. Uh, so to go back just a little bit, there is, there's some tension between the, the British and the French, but the, the country Cameroon was originally colonized by Germans. Uh, and it was, yes. it was split into, uh, you know, British and French territories after World War One. So yes. uh, following this, this kind of like the split, uh, the southern Cameroons joined the French-speaking Republic of Cameroon in 1961, uh, and of course the the north joined uh, the English-speaking Nigerians. Uh, so yeah, uh, not a smooth integration. <laughs> and uh, also something I didn't know: uh, 1982 was the year Paul Bia was the president, uh, right? Supposedly elected, yeah. <laughs> And okay. he's been in power since then. Uh, they don't have any presidential term limits. Nice. And uh, Cameroon, uh, as one of many Central African nations, have modified or eliminated presidential term limits altogether. Um, Fine. That's kind of bad. Uh, you don't ever want somebody in your government to just kind of reside indefinitely. That's, that's Unless they're doing a really good job. But I haven't really ever seen that. Yeah. It's kind of hard not to incentivize these the the powerful politicians from taking advantage of the fact that there are no term limits and just being like, yeah, well, you know, I'm just going to sit here forever because it's a really comfortable position and I get to make a lot of decisions for a lot of people. Yeah, mm. it's pretty terrible. Very bad. Very very bad indeed. Um, so I don't even know how to go about fixing something like this. Like, yeah, <laughs> people are ballsy enough just to waltz into a school and just start like snatching up kids. What, what kind of recourse can you have? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what about installing like armed guards or something? I, you know, uh, as far <laughs> as the United States is concerned. I'm uh, usually like, do we really need armed guards? But maybe in this instance, in Cameroon, armed guards wouldn't be a half bad idea once, you know, large portions of kids are being completely abducted yeah. from the schools. It's, yeah, this is obviously out of my pay grade for of like, how do you solve uh, uh, essentially what the equivalent of borderline of like a civil war from happening in a country yeah. where... One half wants one thing, another half wants another thing, and no one can seem to uh, agree on anything. Mm -hmm. um, you can't reason with these folks because they're not basing their information on factual sources or logic. Like they, they're they're nationalists, right? And nationalism is inherently illogical. 
Yes. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, oh, the best country in the world is the one that I happen to have been born in, you know, or something to that effect. Yes. Well, they've both, they've all been born into the same country, right? <laughs> Technically. Yeah. So, but I mean, there's, there's obviously a, there's a, a schism, which is probably not used yeah. correct, but you understand what I mean. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The, whichever side, like I'm, I'm British side, we're better than the French side. Yeah. VC versa. Um, yeah, I, I really, I, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is here. Like the, I don't. It's like the episode of uh, Rick and Morty where you have like the, the ripple nipple people and the oh, little, yeah. little cone nipples, you know? <laughs> yeah. Race war! Race war. <laughs> totally the same <laughs> until they take their shirt off. and uh, Flat nipple freaks. Boom, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure... Yeah, on the surface, like if you lined up a bunch of French-speaking Cameroons and, and English-speaking Cameroons, you'd there'd be absolutely no way you could tell the difference, right? It's just a difference of the languages of which they speak because of how they were, you know, separated by colonists many years ago. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I I guess the way <laughs> I guess I wish the French speaking side would have just let the English speaking side like do live their English speaking life without any intervention before the violence escalated. But now it's at this boiling point that I really don't know what they could do to make them less angry since now they're just full blown. Like we want our own country now. Like, and I, and I don't, I don't, and I don't know the statistics of whether it's like a small portion that wants their own country, if it's the majority or what, this article is very light on those kinds of details. It's just basically uh, toiling out the facts of like what happened specifically with this uh, kidnapping. So I would have to do a lot more research. Listeners, if you want to know more about the strife in Cameroon, let us know and we'll do a deep dive. Until then, we're just going to talk out of our ass at you. Yeah. <laughs> no surprise there. Uh, if you guys are still tuning in, <laughs> then we, we really do appreciate the fact that you just let us riff on topics. <laughs> uh, we totally we're know what we're talking about. Uh, we're fucking experts. Quote us as much as possible. If you have a doctoral thesis and you would like to cite us, uh, we can leave that in the show note description. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, feel free. You have our permission. <laughs> Please do. Oh, man. Um, so I, I guess in the, in the, in the final moments of, of, uh, this segment on violence against children, why is it so bad to have violence against kids anyways? Like, does, yeah, I mean, it, that's not so bad. Like, why, why, why not just, uh, you know, like just kind of like epitomize that that's, that's better than violence against adults, right? Yeah. Why do we hold children in such high regard? Yeah. Fuck them. It's not like they're like super pure or anything. Yeah, what? Like they haven't made mistakes like adults have yet. Exactly, but they're going to. It's they not will. like there are any pure kids. Unless you could stop that from happening. Yeah. Yeah, and I got a steak knife with little Jimmy's name on it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is some kind of, uh, I don't even know, just um, <laughs> worship of like children. It's yeah. not to saying that's like bad. I mean... I, I guess we kind of look at them the same way we look at puppies, right? They're like defenseless little things. So it's like the fact that anyone would take advantage of their innocence is just like, come on, man. Yeah. 
why do this? This is not nice. Yeah, you, you had no right. You had no right to do that. Mm-hmm. You went too far. Because they're sacred. Little children are sacred. I mean, we do live in the in the aeon of children, you know. Oh yeah. Aeon of Age of Horus. Age of Horus. Um, for our, our uh, Alistair Crowley. Pretty great stuff. Yeah, Alistair Crowley. Um, so in this age of spiritual enlightenment, uh, we epitomize the child. You know, that's that's what it's all about. We're in this this transitory stage in which you know we're all learning where we need to be uh and not necessarily having this this set yeah knowledge that we absolutely know where we are i i don't i I think more and more every day i'm learning that you know people have uh you know just as much idea of what they're supposed to be doing with their life as i do so everybody's kind of learning a little bit as they can they see stories like this and like oh well you know fuck life like what's the point like these kids are are killing others or killing themselves and uh it's madness this is madness utter madness jimmy are you familiar with uh herodotus so herodotus was i believe a greek philosopher and his whole thing is well he had a lot of things i think like most greek philosophers but the one i know him for is basically says that you shouldn't call a man happy until he is dead. And it's not saying that being dead makes you happy, but basically the concept of you can't judge a person's life uh, and say whether or not they were a happy person until you basically see the way they go out. So it's kind of like when you look at uh, comedians like Robin Williams, everyone's like, oh, look how happy he is. He's such a happy guy. And then he ends up killing himself. It's like, oh, I guess we shouldn't have been calling him happy all this time. Or... In the instance of, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe like the Australian man who ate the slug. Like uh, he was surrounded by his loved ones when he passed away, so you could maybe call him happy at the end, but you wouldn't have been able to make that judgment call up until that day, that final hour. And um, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, it, it really changes uh, our idea of you know, what a child is like, because when they're, when they're younger, you know, we, we see this kind of like, you know, they're represented purely by the fact that they're growing, right. You you can see them learning, you can see them developing, uh, and up to a certain point, which our culture understands most of that development to be finished around the, you know, the 18 to 25 year old mark. Um, that's, that's exactly what they are. They're completely defined by their function. Um, so when a when a child is stop stop short of that, uh, you know, through death uh, or uh, you know, paralyzation through rat, worm, lung, some kind of illness, uh, then we see a, a, a stop to the development, a stop in progress. Uh, it, it's why so many people uh, in, on the um, conservative end of the political spectrum in the United States. Uh, uh, had the, such aversion to the idea of gays getting married. It was one of it was one of the um, uh, you know their their main silly reasons as to why it shouldn't occur because they they saw the inability of people to be able to procreate as a, a diminishment of that that progress uh, being able to still instill still instill. <laughs> values on a younger generation and raise them in a way that they saw fit 
Do you understand kind of where I'm going with it? Yeah, I get what you're saying. They're not going to have kiddos they can force their ideology on. I'm just kidding. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's inherently selfish, uh, just like it's inherently selfish for us to, you know, force kids to, uh, you know, go to school or go to church with us or, you know, any of those things. Uh, you know, we, we might think that it's for that child's benefit that one day that they're going to grow up and they're going to be uh, more intelligent, uh, you know, that they will have reached some academic or spiritual end that is a, is desirable. Um, but of course, because these, these children are, are being cut short early on in life, we never get to see the, the fruit of that labor that yeah. the, the process is not carried or along to the extent to where it can be something that is independently functioning. So yeah, it's the, it's the end of ideas. It's the end of humanity. The, yeah, there's the, too many fucking people on this earth anyways. Fuck it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I kind of like that idea too. Uh, I, I really wish that uh, it had happened much sooner, as in like people are getting vasectomies and <laughs> yeah, uh, and they they're just unable to have children out of choice. It's probably the best way to go about it, rather than waiting until they're in grade school, storming in with a an AR-15 and mowing them down. Yeah. Oh, geez. And hey, you know, I I didn't tell Jimmy this prior to the show, but I purposefully avoided mass shootings in this because I know what kind of uh what kind of road that would lead us down. It's old if, hat. Yeah. And if you would if you would like this you our listeners would like us to discuss mass shootings, then we'll do it. But until then <laughs> until then. I'm gonna avoid that topic like the plague. Ugh. Oh but but not like but the plague because we talk about the plague. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, we're going to avoid it not like the plague. <laughs> we're going to avoid that topic like... Unlike the plague. <laughs> yeah. We're going to avoid that topic unlike the plague. Yeah. Uh, right. bum, bum. We, we do it for y'all. Like we, we understand that researching these topics is going to be a dismal endeavor, but we sacrifice our, our time and our efforts so that you, our listeners can be better informed and just as cynical as we are because misery loves company. <laughs> uh, we do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I made you this sweater from my tears. <laughs> Ew, it's moist. <laughs> what a moist sweater. <laughs> How gross. Oh God. All right. Well, uh, Yep. Is there anything that's making you sad, Jimmy? Um, I feel like I had something. Damn it! What the fuck was it? I had something decently sad. Decently sad? It's not a contest, Jimmy. I know. That's what I always tell you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I always say. have like the lamest things to be sad about. Oh, uh, my name's Tim, and I stubbed my toe the other day, and it reminded me that toes just aren't as strong as other body parts, and, you know, <laughs> think about the toe. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow, Tim, wow. Your toe hurts? Fuck you. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Um, God damn it. What the fuck? I know, I'm, I'm, I, know I don't have to have something, but, well, like... I, I, got, I got something. All right, please. Uh... I think most of my the things that sadden me, especially at this stage of my life, revolve around like my uh, my 
physical inability to do something I want to do, like yeah. like uh, like work out consistently, uh, as well as participate in a sport, as well as work hard at my job. It's like it seems like I can only choose so many things to do before a certain part of my body is going to deteriorate. In this particular instance, it's just like I I feel exhausted. Like I'm extremely tired, and I have been for the past like week and you know basically since last weekend. So I'm like, I'm like struggling to stay awake at night. Um, you know, like last night I was, uh, I was doing some research on the computer and, uh, I, I fell asleep with my finger on the, the mouse pad and I woke back up and it's like, my fingers just like going around, like trying to click random stuff. And I like, I try to like snap myself out of it. I'm like, I got to keep on going. And then I like go and click on another page and I instantly fall back asleep. And I just do the same thing like oh, five God. times. I'm like, come back. No, oh, I'm sleepy. God. <laughs> uh, it's the worst thing in the world. Making that little trek upstairs after you fall asleep on the couch. Oh, that's the worst. Mark I got get up. I got to take out my contacts. Yeah. Brush my teeth because they're dirty. um you know i've been having similar feelings uh as of late i slept in really late today which something i don't normally do for due to being very tired so i'm I'm a sleepy boy and uh you know what (laughs) i wish i wasn't a sleepy boy Uh, oh that's okay man but it happens such is life i guess i mean it's it's it there there it's the we could, you know, at least we're tired from having things that we want to do or try to do instead of being tired from, like, just being utterly depressed and not doing anything because, you know, <laughs> I'd rather be tired from doing stuff than just being sad, which I've, I've, I've done both. So, yeah, I, it just, I, it just yeah. saps you. Hey, yeah. and for all of our listeners out there that, that do happen to struggle with depression, one of the best things to uh, to get out of that, and I know I'm sure you've heard it a million times, Go be physical. Go get some exercise. Go do something. It's like the the. It's totally understated. It's the last thing you oh. want to do. Yeah, just please try and it, yeah. like just do a little bit, and it gets exponentially better. Like doesn't the, even have to be a lot. You could just like go for a walk around your neighborhood. Yep. Yeah, unless yeah. you're like live in like London and some like twelve year old kid's gonna stab you. Like don't walk <laughs> around there. But like most places, yeah. just like walk around. Yeah. Just walk around. Just give it a shot. Just yeah. get out. Get outside a little bit. Get that vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Especially in these colder months when it gets darker so fucking early. Yeah, uh, all you guys that uh, experience uh, seasonal affect, um, it's, I mean, it's it's pretty shitty. And this is about that time of year. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that next episode. Yeah, uh, but good. I think uh, I think it's about time to sign off. So yeah, let let me say the thing. So if you want to contact us and getting yeah, let us know shit and stuff. Be sure to send us an email at cynicempowerment at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um, we would also would love to hear from you on the Facebooks. Feel free to like us there. Send us a message. I re- recently made a, a Twitter account. I don't know how the fuck to use Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to tweet, but if you want to tweet at us... Uh, our name is Cynic Empowerment. I don't understand how it made our like tag, but it's like Cynic Empower Me One. I guess Cynic Empowerment was too long, so it just adjusted it to Cynic Empower Me Number One. So if you can add us there, if you want to twat at us or whatever, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, and Do yeah. It. 
Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, and we really do appreciate your comments. Uh, we want to hear feedback. We like criticism. Uh, and we want to get better. So please let us know what you think. If you have some ideas on topics we could discuss in the future, we are more than willing to do that for you. Um, but until next time, we keep you up, keep your head up, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, catch you next time, everybody. Think about the children. <laughs> not too much, though. We're, we're not. <laughs>